Welcome to B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. Meet Bonnie. She's from Oklahoma. Where the wind comes sweeping down the plain. A meteorology major and loves to chase. Meet Bobby. He's from Oregon. Going green. Greenage. Saddle up. You got a boss. Oregon AMS vice president and a former TV weather producer. It's B Squared. Let's talk weather. Welcome into B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. I am Bobby in Oregon. And I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma. Bonnie, the nation is gripped in a cold outbreak. Possibly. Maybe. Definitely. At least the eastern two-thirds are. I feel like it's pretty much the whole place. Like there's a little bit far, far south that's not as cold, but they're still kind of chilly. But yeah, like everywhere's pretty freaking cold. Yeah, it's one of those weird things where, you know, we talked for a while, you know, over the last couple of weeks, we were looking at maybe some snow in Oklahoma City. And then, you know, we all got, you know, trampled by the GFS up here in the northwest, which, you know, forecast a lot of snow and then nothing happened except up in the mountains. And we were just like, okay, well, you know, typical pattern, right? Ridging and troughs, you know, one side of the country is cold, the other side's warming up. But this is just like, eh, we're finally made it to winter, right? It's, you know, mid-January, late January, and finally, most people are feeling the chill. Yeah, I know. It took forever for it to get here. I mean, it's been off and on cold all winter, but we've had a lot of nice, mild weather, so... right. It's taking its time showing up. So here we are, nice and cold and chilly and frosty. Right. And depending on where you are, um, you're having to protect plants, protect mm-hmm. animals, protect your pipes. And like we said, it's winter. I will say this. as You know that I love to talk about how messed up our phone forecasts are and how yes. technology is not always correct. Yes. Um, and there's even a really good thread right now with one of the people that we follow, Becky DePodwin on Twitter, is just like, I wish people would stop talking trash about weather apps. Well, we will when they get really well. However, my Apple Watch right now says it's 48 degrees. We, we're at our high temperature of 48. However, our low temperature tonight is 49 degrees. <laughs> Did you see the one that somebody posted in their app said that in Rochester there was a tornado? Yes. And it's funny, I get that. I have gotten that on my phone so many times when I, like, scroll through my feeds real quick. It says weather in Portland. Tornado. And I'm like, no, there's not. Like, that's not even a forecast. That's, like, that's an event. That's, like, a thing that happens from weather. It's an observation, yeah. So it's not, I just, it's just so weird. And that's all it says is tornado with the little, with the little tornado above it. And I'm like, what, what is this? And in Rochester, New York, and it was, it was cold. Right. At the time. So it's just weird. Lake effect, tornado, same thing. I mean, eh. Right. I mean, it's fine. Whatever. The I apps just... are doing the best they can. So don't use the one that comes with your phone and don't download some cheapo one. Right. There are plenty of good weather apps out there, and a lot of them are tailor-focused to individual events. However, I'm going to tell you right now, if you want to make some good money, develop a good satellite app because one does not exist. Oh, there you go. Boom. Just just FYI. Um, Tons of radar apps out there that are great. You know, MyRadar, RadarScope, you know, a hundred of them are great. So just, you know, all that's there. But if you need a good, reliable forecast... Watch your TV, listen to your radio, look at your National Weather Service office. These guys are the ones yes. that know what they're doing. So, come on. 
We don't need. And a lot of the weather, a lot of the news stations, they have a weather app. Exactly. Also. Which also provide access to streaming live streams if you need it. And, you know, detailed forecast maps and other things that if you're a true weather junkie like we are and you want these things, they're available. So go out and get them. But just don't necessarily, you know, look at face value. Oh, my phone says the high is 48 and yet the low tonight will be 49. That makes absolutely no sense. And it will also be a tornado at that time. Yes, exactly. No, that's not going to happen. (laughs) <laughs> Sounds legit to me. However, I will say this: we did have a couple tornado warnings issued yesterday out here on the West Coast. Um, wow! And we'll get to that here in a little bit. But uh, we had an EF zero come ashore. Yes, I said come ashore. Started as a water spout and then moved on shore. Did a little bit of damage, enough for the National Weather Service to issue the EF zero uh, rating. So, hey, you know what? It's that time of year where we get the cold core systems. Uh, really cold air interacts with the warm uh, ocean air or ocean water surface temperature. Uh, the whole latent heat processing gets in gets way too much in depth for me sometimes. But long story short, cold air over the water warms up a little bit, a little bit of instability. Get some thunderstorms, get a little bit of rotation, poof, there you go. Yep, that's all it really takes. That's why it can oh, happen yeah. any time of year because everything just has to line up just right. And it happens. Yep, a little bit of shear, a little bit of uh, rotation, and there you go. You get a nice little vortex, picks up that uh, column of rotating air, tilts it sideways, and there you go. You got your water spout, got your EF0 tornado, and uh, yeah, the rest is history. Made for some great video, though. So Yeah, well, and water spouts are super cool, and then they right. don't always come on land either, so that's right. also really fun. So, yeah, I mean, it's just a rarity. I mean, we, we see it a handful of times every year, right? You know, a water spout moves ashore somewhere, and usually it's in a tropical location like Florida um, or along the Gulf Coast. But, yeah, this one was out over the Pacific Ocean, moved ashore here in Oregon, and uh, like I said, made for some really pretty video, and a lot of people were just like, ooh, ah. It's like, <laughs> y'all are aware that thing can, like, do some damage, though, right? Right. I mean, if it, I mean, even those little... Um... Like what, you know, what happens like out on a baseball field or whatever. Yeah, those, those could do damage. So definitely an EF zero actual tornado from sky to ground will do damage. So people just need to back up. Have you ever run through a dust devil? No, I don't want to get sand in my eyes. It's a lot of fun. Um, (laughs) I've done it a couple times. I haven't done it in a long time, but I've done it a couple times as a kid. Um, (laughs) It's really, it's, it's cool. It's disorienting, though. And, yes, you do get some sand um, lodged into your body parts. <laughs> Eyes, <laughs> ears, nose, hair. Um, but it's it's cool. Uh, I would love to do a research project just with dust devils because I think, you know, some places get them really frequently. Sorry, I'm yawning. Uh, it's been a very long day. You know, I'll just run through those little eddies of leaves that happen on the sidewalk. Yes, those sometimes. are cool. I, I think those are cool. <laughs> but with dust devils, because they are more pronounced and you can do, you know, type of research with them. And yes, I understand they're not tornadoes. Right. But it's kind of the same principle with the rotating wind. I wonder if there's something that a dust devil could teach us about a tornado. In terms Probably. of, you know, flow, in terms of circular motion. So... Yeah, you know, that's something. Maybe that, how temperature affects that, because yeah. I think that's part of it. And no, it totally yeah. is. 
It totally is. So uh, definitely something that I've been kind of kicking around in the back of my head. You know, we talked about our 2020 New Year's resolutions. Uh, by the way, I still see clearly, you know, we're 20, <laughs> we're 22 days into the year. Well, if still, you keep running through dust devils and getting sand in your eye, you maybe won't I won't. Yeah. Yeah. But hey, maybe I can just go get some, you know, like eye drops and my vision will be restored. Yeah. Like some clear eyes. Yeah. For dry red eyes. Exactly. Remember those commercials with uh, the beach ball with the sand on it? Oh, I do. Totally remember those. <laughs> totally remember with those. With the guy from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. You know, oh, yes. Always like Bueller. Oh, but, those were the days. Yeah. Do you guys have many sandy beaches in Oklahoma? Uh, no. We yeah. have like clay beaches around our like man-made lakes. <laughs> gotcha. We have some sandy beaches out here in Oregon. Um, a lot of ours are rocky, though, so that's okay. We have rocky beaches. But better wear your shoes out there for those. You do. Then. You do well. In some portions, yes. There's a lot of sand, like in the public, the really big publicly touristy areas. We do have sand beaches, and in Southern Oregon, we have a lot of sand dunes oh, that nice. lead to the beach. So yeah, I mean it's there. We're not California beaches or Hawaii beaches, but you know we're a close third. Hey, sounds pretty to me. Yeah, we'll take it. It is very, actually very pretty. It is very pretty. Um, but back to you know the weird weather. So cold air infiltrates in you know we get storms and stuff but bonnie we need to issue a falling iguana alert i know that is so crazy these little iguanas have no idea what to do they're just sitting in their tree and then they just like they just like and just freeze up poor little babies right so if you have not heard um the national weather service miami office issued a falling iguana alert um it's not an officially forecasted event per se but when temperatures dip down into the 40s and 30s in Miami, which, again, is a very rare thing, um, these iguanas, uh, their heart rate slows and they basically go into hibernation mode. And when they go into hibernation mode, they fall out of trees. And they See, can fall on and people and cars. Yes. Like how quickly their bodies respond to temperature. It's not like oh, yeah. it's days and days of it being cold. It's like, oh, it's cold. Uh, we're done. Yeah, exactly. And it's not one of those, you know, things where like, hey, we can go put a coat on or seek warmer <laughs> things. They're not usually fast moving creatures. And so, you know, they're just minding their own business. They're hanging out in trees, doing whatever. And temperature change and all it takes is one or two degree difference, you know, where they're functional. And then all of a sudden it's, you know hibernation mode and all of a sudden they fall down but they come back to life when they thaw back out yes that is true people don't sweep them up and throw them away they're not dead they're just sleeping could you imagine if you like swept up an iguana or several iguanas put them in a trash can and it warmed back up and all of a sudden you hear this random noise oh my god that's like horror movie stuff right Right? and then those iguanas would seek revenge so i'm just saying like for your safety, just let them do their thing. Maybe move them over off the sidewalk so they don't get stepped on. But other than that, just leave them alone. Right. And they say, you know, male iguanas can grow up to five feet long and up to 20 pounds. Whoa. And that falling out of a tree would hurt you. Yeah. You know, it would do damage to your car, which occasionally you see that. Um, but, yeah, for the most part, the small little iguanas, they fall out of trees, land on sidewalk streets, uh, common walkways, other places. So, yeah, just kind of take care of them. Um and they say the best thing to do is to just let them be. Let them yeah. go. They will recover just fine. Just let them be. So we don't need to be knitting sweaters or anything? 
Now, if you want to knit a sweater for an iguana, I'm all for it. I am surprised that some little 12-year-old girl has not started a GoFundMe page to do that yet. <laughs> I think that would be a great community service project to knit the sweaters for the iguanas. And how are you going to put the sweaters on the iguanas? Well, when they fall asleep from being cold, you put them on, and then it warms them up, and then they're alive again, and then it won't happen again. You know what I'm saying? But then how are you going to get the sweaters off them? Well, the iguanas shed their skin so they can shed the sweater. Wow, you have all the answers. Ah, uh, mm -hmm, yeah. Because I'm a zoologist and a meteorologist. Perfect. Bonnie's a double Boom. threat kind of girl. <laughs> I'm all about the iguanas. Iguana <laughs> lives matter, okay? Yes, they do. Yes, they do. <laughs> How many sweaters have you bought for your dear pup, Clyde? Uh, he just has one, and it's not really a sweater. It's more like a little T-shirt, but it's all black with a skeleton outline on it. So when he wears it, <laughs> he looks like a little skeleton. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm... <laughs> Enough said. All right. And yes. it works because his legs are white. So with his legs sticking out, like he just, it really works. He's, so he'll always be a skeleton for Halloween. That's fantastic. Shout out to Clyde, the unofficial or the official third member of B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. Mm, often, baby. often I'm talked about, now. yeah, often talked about, never heard from. No, nope. every once in a while you hear a squeak from a toy, but yeah, yeah. Usually he likes to nap while we tape these podcasts. I, so. I, I don't blame him. Um, on the last show, we had talked about the severe weather outbreak that had taken place mm -hmm. uh, through Oklahoma, through the Arklatex, and then into the southern united states you had asked you know if i had seen at the point the storm reports overlaid with the uh warning criteria listed you know so uh or the warning scale so marginal severe you know all that stuff well we tweeted out on our twitter page at weather podcast uh responding to evan bentley who's one of the forecasters at the spc the storm prediction center and he immediately responded with what you were asking for and we had talked about on the show how, you know, we were really impressed with these events that we knew that were going to be within a certain zone. And occasionally you get one or two storm reports outside of maybe a you know marginal situation into a slight risk. But when you looked at this overlay, Bonnie, I mean, they hit it on the head. Spot on. I, yeah. And if I were to give it a ranking, I would say it's probably, you know, 90 to 95 percent. They got everything within the area that they were aiming for. Yes, they did. It was it it was spot on. And they a lot of times lately they have been, you know, I just feel like every season, like we say all the time, it just gets more and more accurate and pinpointed. So I just I'm super, super impressed. And it's on our Twitter page. It's on my personal Twitter page. So if you want to go look for it and see for yourself how awesome it is and how incredibly accurate it is, go look. Yeah. And I, w I was just really blown away. Just, you know, the ease of. You know, of being able to want to reach out to people. Now, I've met Evan before. He was a forecaster here in the Portland office of the National Weather Service, and he has spoke to my AMS group. And, you know, when I found out that he was moving back to SPC, which apparently has been one of his dream jobs in the weather community, which is pretty legit. Um, you know, I was really excited. And he's really good on social media. And a lot of people from SPC are so good about answering questions. Uh and, you know, I, I'm not going to say it's just SPC, but I think everybody that's in the Oklahoma Weather Center as a whole, you know, you have Mike Smith from, you know, the office 
Um, you have a lot of other people from NSSL. You have the National Weather Service guys that are great with social media outreach, video and Twitter, especially Facebook as well. The guys from SPC, same thing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, all these infographics and other stuff. They really make weather tangible and understandable. And I really wish a lot of offices and other entities would adopt their processes because it just makes it a lot more fun. Yeah. And they're definitely trying to bridge that gap between the public and the meteorologists themselves, you know, and so trying to kind of be more interactive and be more social and answer more questions and, you know, seem more personable. Cause I feel like a lot of the public just goes, there's these people with that have no faces that are just telling us where these naders are going to hit, you know, and it's like, this helps kind of put a face to the, to the predictions. Right. And, you know, TV meteorologists have done a really good job with this for a long time. Um, you know, when Twitter first came around, you saw a lot of, you know, prominent TV weather guys pop on here saying, hey, this is a great chance for us to share information if you can't uh-huh. see us on TV. And, you know, you see guys like James Spann, Jim Cantori. Gosh, we can go through, you know, the entire list. Um, and, it's great now that, you know, the government guys are coming along, too. And a lot of them have been doing it for a long time. But I, I believe we're starting to see a lot more people do it more regularly. And I think that's a benefit to not only, you know, us weather consumers, but the general public at large. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I'm glad that not only the TV meteorologists are getting involved, but, you know, like you said, Storm Prediction Center and everything are getting involved, too. And. And making weather more fun, more interactive, more understandable, and less like this mystical thing, you know? <laughs> right. And we're, and listen, we're still going to get that. And, yeah. you know, I can't tell you how many people that I've seen just come across my personal Facebook, either directing messages at me or general comments about, you know, oh, the weather people can't get it right again, blah, blah, blah. You know, if I went to work, blah, 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 and we're only right, you know, X amount of times, I'd be fired. And I'm just like, it's to the point, Bonnie, where I'm literally on the verge of creating a new TV series called If You Think You Can Do It Better, Try It. Yeah, seriously. Seriously, go pick up one meteorology book and try to read it and also understand it and then go, like, do it. Yeah, I'm not I'm not even going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm literally going to sit them down in front of a weather graphics computer and say, I want you to make a forecast based off of this information. And then you literally walk them through what they're looking at. You don't tell them what to look for. You just say, if you want to know, you know, here's what the satellite says. Here's what the radar says. Here is what your extended outlook is. Make a forecast. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll see how right you are. And then we'll have a, you know, the TV meteorologist or government meteorologist do the exact same process and we'll see how accurate you are. Yeah. Yeah, let's give you a skew tea and tell us what this atmosphere is doing right now. Yeah. Tell me where the warm tongue is or the warm nose is or tell me where the is freezing level is. Yep, exactly. Where's the cap? How much cape do we have? Mm-hmm. Shoot, I don't even know if I remember how to calculate cape. But if I looked it up and read it, I would understand. Exactly. But so I just, you know, I just sit there and I just, I want to rack my, I really want to just wrap my brain around a pole sometimes and just be like, you guys just yeah. don't get it. You do not get it. And that drives me nuts. So Yeah, me too. And it makes it not, that is what makes it not fun to talk weather with people who right. aren't into it because all they can say is, is trash. That's all they can do is just talk crap about it. So yep. 
when you don't know something, it's better to mock it than actually try and understand it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like that's the motto apparently, which is sad. It is sad. Um, but other than that, you know, it's been, you know, a, a good week for the most part. Uh, some good snows. I know that we had, oh my gosh, I don't even want to name, try and remember what the name of the winter storm was. But we had a nice winter storm move across the North uh, Plains into Chicago, into Michigan. Cleveland had a lot of snow, then to ice. Uh, made for some fun times. I know Kansas City got into the ice action for a while, and they were actually really concerned that they were going to see significant icing. Uh, and then the storm eventually made its way east up the seaboard and i know my sister-in-law who flew from oregon to vermont to have a bachelorette party with one of her friends uh got snowed on a lot so that's pretty cool wow that's awesome yeah nothing like flying you know 2300 miles to uh celebrate the upcoming wedding of one of your good girlfriends yeah and to get some snow yes at a snow resort so at least that that part worked out yeah yeah, at least it wasn't at like a, you know, like a summer resort. Right. At least they weren't in Miami with iguanas falling on them or iguanas. iguanas. Right. Like I'd rather get hit with snowflakes than iguanas. Right. There's there's my new I, I, Apple product, iguana. <laughs> it's the new pet. Right. <laughs> oh, boy. We're off the rails again. All right. What do you guys have coming up forecast-wise for everything in uh, Oklahoma? Uh, well, right now, the last two days, we've been super rainy. We actually got a little bit of snow last night. Uh, last week, we were rainy for several days. Um, we're just going to be pretty cold for the next little while. Um, nothing too crazy. No significant precip coming up in the next few days. But it is rainy, and it is cold. Well, that's fun. Um, <laughs> at least it's cold. Here it's just going to yeah. be raining and it's going to be moderate. Um, we're looking at the potential of maybe some minor flooding. Uh, it's going to get wet real quick and it's going to stay that way for a while. Um, you know, last week we talked about uh, dealing with the GFS issues and we finally got some snow. Gosh, I want to say late Saturday night, maybe Sunday night. It must have been Sunday night. Uh, and I was up till 5 a.m. waiting for the snow showers to come in. No, I take the back. It was. It doesn't matter when it was. I was at work and then <laughs> it doesn't matter. It was Thursday night. Sorry. Thursday night. Finally got some snow early Friday morning. Um, I was up till 5 a.m. I missed out on a heavy snow shower that dropped a quick half inch three blocks away. I'm literally wow. standing out the front door watching it snow heavily three blocks away. And here it's just lightly spitting snow. Oh, that's so annoying. Yeah, and I pulled open, you know, radar scope, and I'm just like, you've got to be freaking kidding me. <laughs> like, I'm right here. Literally, I am right here. Work got a good half inch. Everywhere else got a good half inch. And I got wet slush. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I'm sorry. But I was still able to call in my spotter report. They were happy to hear that it was snowing, was not accumulating, but hey. So be it. See, at least you got to do that. That's exactly. good. Keep doing your spotter, your spotter duties. Listen, it's going to be really tough to top calling in a tornado. Mm, Not yeah. going to lie. But hey, what can you do, right? We have criteria. It matches it. I know it's not heavily falling snow or, you know, quickly accumulating snow, but just to let them know it's verified, especially elevation driven. Because like we've talked about almost ad nauseum, 
All small <laughs> events in the Portland area are elevation based. So if I know that I'm at 210 feet and it's snowing but not sticking, that's important. So. See, there you go. And so at least you know the important things and you can report that to them. Yep. It really helps. It really, really helps. And it helps. Um, there's a couple of apps actually where you can check in your location and check in exactly what's happening. And it helps yep. um, develop better radar. It's true. And stuff like that. So, I mean, you know, if you can do your part, do your part. And I'm glad you're doing your part. Do you know what the elevation of uh, Will Rogers International Airport is? No, I feel like it's probably zero. <laughs> <laughs> You actually guys sit at 1,200 feet. Really? Yeah. Will Rogers' wow. elevation is 1,293 feet above sea level. Wow, that's really far up. Yeah, you're definitely higher than we are. You, Oklahoma City is literally at the height of our, like, what I call the West Hills or the top of the West Hills. Wow, maybe I need to be chewing gum more often to keep these ears from popping. Yeah, maybe. so high up. Well, in contrast, Houston is only 46 feet above sea level. Oh, my gosh. And that's why they were underwater when Harvey hit. Yes. Dang. Dallas, let's see here. Dallas, two, 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 two. Love Field is at 476 feet. So you guys lose 800 feet between Oklahoma City and Dallas. And tell you what, you just wouldn't even notice. No. But it's that, it's that, I'm, t- I'm telling you, again, theories that run through my brain. There's a reason why Oklahoma and North Texas and parts of Arklatex and the plains are into more severe weather. I truly believe is because you guys are higher up in the atmosphere. I really believe it. You know, that actually makes sense because we're closer to the action. It has less distance to go from the cloud to the ground. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. I would believe that 100%. Especially, especially with tornadic activity and thunderstorms. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, you see those shots all the time, right? You know, Bob, okay, you know, your chopper, you know, chopper nine or whatever it is, the Bob Red Mill chopper from um, News 9's flying around, and they're always above the base of the thunderstorm. Okay, that makes sense. Again, okay, your thunderstorm ceiling is what, 500, 600 feet, maybe 1,000 feet? Yeah. You drop a tornado, that's only 1,000 feet. If you guys were at sea level, that would be 2,000 feet. Wow. So that really makes sense. That's good. That's really good. That's so, very interesting. So when you go back to school, there's there's your random weather theory to, to you know go after your doctorate with. Hey, well, I mean, I'm gonna give you credit in my paper. You should. I'll I'll come <laughs> help write it. Okay, yeah. I'll do the research so, and come help write it. So boom. elevation is important with it comes to tornadoes. Um, which I'm sure that's been thought of and discussed. But yeah. Oklahoma City's high up in in uh, elevation. So you got, yeah, you're 1200 feet above me. Wow. Get on our level. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Bonnie. I will totally do that. Okay. Good. Uh, but yeah, so just rain, nothing but rain out here in the Northwest. And uh, that's fine. Mountain snow and we're okay with it. We went from a week in, in a week period. We went from having 43% of normal yearly snowpack average to 115% of average. Wow. Yeah. That's so nuts. That's all it takes is a couple of really good soaking storms with cold air in place, and you build that snowpack really quick. So, Well, good. I'm glad that, that that whole situation recovered. And our issue with any winter precip, any we've only had a few chances of winter precip, but because we've been pretty mild a lot this winter, the ground is not super cold. And so that's why we don't get anything to stick. 
Well, that's good. Uh, I will say this. We are, I don't want to say we're in a drought yet because it's hard to identify drought when you're in winter and you do have snowpack. But for the average numbers that we are seeing, we are, we've only had just about an inch and a half of rain and we should be somewhere near five at this point. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. So there is some, there is some worries with that, but other than that, it's now just kind of wait and see. So. Well, hopefully things happen. We've been getting some pretty decent rain. Like last week when it rained for two days, we got about two inches around here. And same this week, we've got about two inches of rain over the past couple of days. Not noticeable because it's just been like a really light, steady rain. So it's not like it's been like whoosh and like slight flooding or anything. Right. But Well, it's I, actually, I kind of like that. I like the drizzle and the mist. Yeah. You know, it's more fun than just constant downpours, but... I, I don't know. I guess when you live in a rain climate, you just get used to it. And yeah. so yeah, I'm used to it. But hey, another good edition of B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. I am Bobby in Oregon. I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma. And we will talk to you guys actually in just a couple of days. That's right.